Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. I hope you all had a good Halloween. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer. And joining us now, Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B, Bobby Blaze. Hey, all right. Yeah, I hope everyone had a great, great time trick-or-treating. I gave out a few tricks and just a couple of treats. But, uh, yeah, I just kept my lights off and stayed to myself, man, as I normally do. Um, and the day that we had trick-or-treat here, I actually wasn't even home. I was at the camp, so I don't know if anyone stopped by. But luckily, no one toilet papered my house or egged me. And um, that's always for a good day for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, any, anytime nobody takes a shit in my duffel bag or... Shoes with shaving cream. You there know. you go. Yeah. 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 Old, so no old, tricks. Yeah. The old burning bag of shit on the doorstep. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. We're about a good time gone, you know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, this, uh, I, I can't help but think or feel that this, this whole pandemic thing needs to come to an end because, you know, Halloween has really become the sluttiest holiday of the year, and I miss seeing all the women out there in their trampiest <laughs> of costumes. But, Bobby, you know, I, I got to tell you, one of the funniest things happened to me about 15, 16 years ago. Uh, my ex-wife worked for an AIDS group in the city we lived in. Yeah, so it was like a fundraiser, nonprofit thing. So I went for my very first time when I was still a little bit on the fence about how I felt about gay people and whatnot. I went to a gay Halloween costume party. Okay. And it was the wildest fucking thing I have ever seen <laughs> in my life. It was at a uh. nightclub. There were hundreds of people there. And I got to tell you, you've never really experienced Halloween until you've been at a gay nightclub on Halloween. Holy shit. Man. So, yeah. Sounds like a party to me. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty fucking wild. I, I, you know, I saw things that night that I have never seen again and probably hope to never see again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm open-minded enough to visit one of those. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. um, and we are recording on October 31st, so um, I may not rule that out of this evening's activities. Yeah, you know, got, got to do something with your spare time, you know? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, see, me, I don't know. I got, a letter, I got a letter from a lawyer this weekend. I'm actually spending the night in a castle that belonged to a great uncle who I didn't know about. Oh, okay. Yeah, so to get the inheritance, I have to spend the night here. So that's, that's where what I'm doing today. Well, just don't be chicken about it. Well, well, that's the. I mean, there's been a couple weird noises, but so far everything's been okay. Okay, okay, good deal, man. I did find well, this really weird looking book, though. <laughs> well, on the book, did it say top ten, top tens, number ones? <laughs> it said something very much like that. Yes, yes, it did. Okay, okay, because that's this week's topic, man. Um, we're going to do the top ten. Top tens off our number ones list, or no, our number ones off some of the top ten lists we've done in the past. That's what it is. Yeah, it's real. It's real hard to track. We are doing something with tens and ones. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, tens and ones. The memories, the pain, <laughs> the blowing up in the Tampa, Florida heat. Oh. Uh, ten more to go. You know. No, how, we're gonna guys, have fun with this. Yeah. How you guys ever did that in that kind of humidity? I'll never know. Yeah, man. Just. Being young and being athletic and uh, hungry, you yeah. know, hungry for the sport yeah. to make it, honestly. Um, so, 
But yeah, so let's get some uh, house cleaning out of the way first, if you don't care. Absolutely. Um, November 6th is going by the time this show drops on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to give a plug real quick for Saturday, November 6th at the um, Kentucky Highly Museum in Ashland, Kentucky, the Bluegrass Wrestling Con. I have a um, very important announcement right off the top, Jeremy. Um Stan Hansen will not be there uh, for unforeseen circumstances. Um, something came up on Thursday of last week. Uh, Earl immediately uh, let me know. Shout out to Earl at the Time Warp. Also to Joe Pace from FTC Wrestling, who's putting on this great event, this Bluegrass Wrestling Con. Um, so in addition to some of the names I have been reading, they have picked up uh, – Mr. Fantastic or Captain Fantastic, uh, Bobby Fulton, man. One half the Fantastics is coming in. And also coming in, they've picked up uh, Shane Douglas, one of my uh, favorites see out there on the road. Um, I saw him. Yeah, saw him back in in, – August. It seems like I see him more than just about anyone out there on the um, on the circuit when I'm out and about. But yeah, so it, it'd always be good to see Bobby Fulton as well. Um, great guy. Love, yeah, I love Bobby to death. You know, I'm, you know, I'm happy to hear that he's showing up somewhere because that must mean he's feeling better. Yes, that's the way I took it. Yeah. And I got that message last night, actually. Uh, I, I sent out some text and fillers to make sure that it wasn't leaving anything out other than that, that Stan, you know, wasn't going to be able to make it in. Um so in addition to that, we've got uh, myself will be there. Uh, Jillian Hall is going to be there representing FTC. And then, of course, we've got the Godfather, uh, badass Billy Gunn. Um, Lex Luger's coming in. My brother's excited to see Coco Beware. Um, he's a fan of his from way back when. And uh, Magnum TA coming in. Rhino and Jimmy Hart. And Malachi Black, uh, he's a hot property right now. They're all confirmed through FTC and through the Time Warp. Uh, again, at Saturday, November 6th at the Highly Museum from noon until 6 p.m. Come down. You know, it's going to be a great time. We're going to be recording uh, some segments for this podcast. Jeremy, I know I'll try to send you a copy, the digital copy. I actually got a digital copy sent to me last night by my nephew. Um, real nice article written up in the uh, the Beacon for the Greater Ashland, Kentucky area newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, real nice article, and I'll I'll send that link to you. Uh, but it really put um, Earl really went out of his way and and uh, got this whole event over and got me over. I really appreciate that because um, you know talked about this thing coming together, and I'm I'm always appreciative of that, and I'm really happy for the city of Ashland, um, like I was telling my brother the other day, and and that is, you know, it's uh, they're trying to do something good for wrestling, but also I hope it benefits the city of Ashland that people realize, hey man, you know, someone's out here, businessmen are out here trying to do something, and, and not only make a living, but, uh, but bring people something they really, really like and enjoy, and that's professional wrestling back to this area. Yeah. So um, that's all a good thing, man. All a good thing. Yeah, that does. I have to wonder if uh, Stan Hansen there wasn't riding around on his tractor with the invitation to this November 6th event, <laughs> and it fell off, and he actually yeah. ran it over, and then backed Four up. Four times. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> he may have. He very may have. I don't know. Um, but uh, I've, I've got a feeling Stan will be over this way in the future. I don't know when, but I think uh, I think he'll eventually uh, get booked out this way again for another event. Uh, I'm not sure about that. But also, um, I'm not sure about, even though I know a few names have been kicked around, there's 25 tables uh for the vendors and several of those vendors have booked other professional wrestlers that again, uh, they're not under FTC contract for this or excuse me, time warp contract or shit combination, I guess of both. However, it's working, Jeremy, you know what I'm saying? There are going to be some other professional wrestlers there. Um, uh, we got some upper coming, upper coming wrestlers there, you know, from the FTC school. We've got some local independent guys coming in from West Virginia. Um, and we got a couple of, uh, Hall of Famers coming in, but I just can't mention their name because again, they're not under contract. And if something were to happen, you'd say, well, that damn Bobby lied to me. No, I'm not lying to you. I just, I just know the ones that are guaranteed to come in. And that's why I went ahead and said Stan wouldn't be able to come in, you right. know, cause so, we found out he couldn't. Well, you know. so that means there's still plenty of opportunities for surprises, and uh, yes, you know, and it's a week away, people. So get your tickets, get over there, check it out. It sounds like a hell of a show. I was going to try to make it, but of course, everybody's taking time off work, so I can't. But you know, I'm not bitter yeah. about it. I'm not still complaining about it months later. Um. <laughs> well, we'd love to have you come in, Professor. And and if this thing takes off, and and we do this, you know, more than once a year, or, or again next year, you know, we'll we'll plan around that and get you over here to the uh, Bluegrass State for the Bluegrass Wrestling Con. Yep. All yep. right. That so. sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, um, and thanks again, Earl, at Time Warp. I want to really appreciate you and Joe putting this thing together for us, uh, for the wrestlers and for the community. So, Well, and while we're at that, let's take a second here and drop in on the Time Warp. Hey, video gamers, sports fans, and nostalgia enthusiasts. This is Bobby Blaze. Are you ready for a Time Warp? Time Warp is a brick-and-mortar hobby shop with a high selection of everything sports, gaming, and collectibles right in downtown Ashland, in two locations at the Ashland Town Center. They've got vintage toys, sport cards, and collectibles. Tons of wrestling merch. It's the largest selection of memorabilia in the tri-state. Time Warp also has an extensive inventory of vintage and current video games and consoles. It's a 100% must-visit for retro gamers. Time Warp buys your collectibles daily and are open seven days a week, 365 days a year. They're only closed on Christmas and Thanksgiving. Check out their Facebook page at Time Warp Ashland. All right. So let's All see right. here, Bobby. We got anything else we need to talk about before we get to the episode? Oh, man. I don't know. Yeah. You know, Ring of Honor, I guess, shut down. We bring um, that up. They're, they're going through the end of the year. And then yeah. they're letting everybody out of their contracts with a relaunch in March. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, what that? I don't know what that means for anybody. I mean, um, it just you know what it, what it did to me. What it made me sit back and go like, why isn't Jay Lethal a bigger star than he is? I was thinking of him and um, uh, Dim Boys. Honestly, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, those three off the top of my head. Well, here's the the way you said that makes me think this. Uh, I guess they'll get paid the talent will through the end of the year. Um, that would be a good thing. Hey, cow dog, chill out. We're yeah. trying to get you paid out here. Um, then 
the guys would not be under contract January, February. So that's two months there. Uh, they could be negotiating or get picked up by another company, uh, which hopefully may happen for some of these guys. Cause I'm with you. I'm thinking why in the fuck isn't Jay lethal on a mainstream TV program and working up top or near the top coming in. That would yeah. be awesome. Uh, the same thing with the, uh, Briscoes, uh, you know, I, I know they've had tryouts and I know they've, you know, worked for other companies uh, and maybe they're not um, uh, TV appealing, as I think one of the companies said or something. The thing is, they're legit badasses and they know how to work matches. They know how to get over. And I just, I, I can't, I just don't know if, if that's the situation, you get paid through the end of the year due to your contract. That'd be nice. So no one's going through the holidays, you know, without a job. Yeah. During those two months, they either get picked up or get reassured that Ring of Honor is going to pick them up in March with the relaunch, which is there's no guarantee in that, you know. But um, th- those guys right there, top of my head, come like they need to, to, something could happen big for these guys, I'm hoping, all three of them. And I'm sure there's a couple others I'm leaving out, but, but those three come fresh from my mind. Um, oh, and yeah. in March, when they relaunch, hope it's even bigger and better if they do, because. We do need that third company out there. You got WWE and AEW, and I know there's Impact, and you know we ring up, you know, other stuff, Major League Wrestling. But if they relaunched and come out bigger and better, we could get up. We need a good third company out there. Seems like to compete. It doesn't have to be on a Wednesday night, but just something for the boys, boys and girls, a place for them to go and wrestle at, pick up a paycheck, and and get that exposure. You know? Yeah. I mean, consider where like the modern style of wrestling has really come from. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ROH, you know. I mean, look at twenty years ago, and look at the people working top uh, WWE and AEW right now, and a lot of those guys are Ring of Honor. Yep, yeah, that's it. And um, you know, here's the thing: I got to give Ring of Honor a lot of credit. They kept everybody working, or at least paid during this whole pandemic. Yes, and I yes. got to give them points for that. And yeah. yeah, you know, I understand that things have happened, and they need to drop back and figure out how they're gonna make a more profitable business out of it again. But um, I got to give them credit for what they managed to do. And yeah. hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll bring a bunch of those guys back. But here, here's really the question, Bobby. How much trouble is that guy who greenlit that original all-in fucking pay-per-view at, <laughs> at ROH, you know? Yeah, I don't know, man. Cow dog, damn you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I got to apologize. Be a little wild. <laughs> She's being a bit of an asshole today, so. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> we all can be that way sometimes, sometimes right? Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay. We're going to still have fun with this episode, and we don't have to edit down every little sound in the background, you know, because this is a real fucking podcast out there in Podcastville, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Bobby, why don't we go ahead and what are we talking about today? Well, we're going to go back. What we did is what I did. Kind of we, you know, took 10 different categories that we've done through the, through the course of the last going on three years now. Um, took some number ones off our list and thought we'd kind of revisit them. Um, 
and just uh, maybe compare a couple of, you know, why we chose this person as number one, why we had this person, you know, at number two when it could have went either way. And also just re revisit, um, you know, some of our past list. Uh, you know, we'll start off the category. We, we got to kind of, in, in, in no uncertain order here, uh, all these are also still available on a YouTube channel. And that's, um, you know, just go to Bell to Bell Blaze podcast on YouTube. It's also at tinyrail.com, BB. BB video, uh, over 2 million views and still going up. Uh, those are the ones that uh, Jeremy and myself lent our voice to and the talented Tex Johnson, the late talented Tex Johnson, put the editing and the videos together and uh, there's some really good stuff out, out there on uh, YouTube uh, concerning our podcast and so um, there's a playlist and just you know just the way he's got it set up uh, and again Jeremy and myself really have no control over that at this time um, we'll just have to see what happens on that but at least it's still out there for your uh, viewing pleasure if you will but uh, I started off with just announcers because um, I, I, there was some controversy and there's going to be controversy around all these. The 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 we we got it down to two people. Um, we started it because um, we went to that one. If you remember, um, uh, shoot, all of a sudden drawing a blank. Jeremy uh, passed Jean. away. Mean Gene, thank yeah. you. Mean Gene had passed away, and you said, Bobby, we need to remember Mean Gene this week. And we had it was early enough in the week that we could put it together. That we thought, okay, you know what? Let's just do our top ten commentaries or color play-by-play -play men, you know, and that's how that list came about. Back when we was doing a real regular top ten list, and uh, Jeremy, tell us who number one or number two was, and then we'll just kind of go from there. How's that? Oh yeah, absolutely. So our number one and number two would, of course, be Lance Russell and Gordon Sully. Um, and we, if you go through and read the comments, there's a lot of shit talking between the two. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, yeah. And I don't read those comments on YouTube. Um, I never did. Probably never will. And that's fine. Uh, that's the way I decided to do it. But the way we arrived at it was, uh, and I don't know if Tex and a couple other people may, it seemed like we asked a couple other people, and we had Gordon Soley pretty much going over. But then we thought, okay, let's do it this way. What is our target audience at that point? We had a lot of people at that point, four or 500 people, uh, that was, you know, more of the... Memphis, Mid-South, uh, Southern Wrestling, and we said, you know what, let's let's just go ahead and put Lance over on this one, and Lance was alive at the time as well, yep. and we said, let's just put Lance at number one, even though it could go either way, and we know we're going to catch some flack with this, because everyone's not going to be happy, but that's kind of the way we went about that, and I'll say this, to this day, um, out there, who's out there today that you can think of that could replace a Lance Russell or a Gordon Sully? I'm um, saying nobody, but you probably have someone in mind. Well, you know, I know a lot of people want to say Jr., but I, and he was on our list. Yeah, and for me, there's nobody that can replace a Gordon Sully or a Lance Russell who's working today. First off, Lance Russell just gives his disappointed dad routine. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Jeez, you know, um, tell him in tell him in Mexico to get out of here. <laughs> um, and then you know Gordon Sully just you know he he lended such like a gravitas and and re, you know realism to pro the wrestling. dean. Yeah, when he called wrestling, it sounded like somebody was calling a sport. You know, Bill Mercer too. Yeah, he was number ten. Yeah, 
And he uh, better not touch Terry Gordy's van. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, do not touch Terry Gordy's van. Um, back to uh, Soli. You know, we done a spot. We uh, You stripped it out. Um, either 30, 45-second spot there. And um, we each had a couple lines to plug our Belt to Belt Bobby Blaze podcast. And if you remember, you used the words... Uh, uh, you went to like kind of a Gordon Sully voice on that little uh, commercial we sent out. It was like uh, we still use word like souffle, uh, and, and, yeah. and, you, and that's right. You know, I can't remember exactly how you worded scripted it because I've got a saved. I need to send that out again to to on my Twitter account. But yeah, uh, that was a good one, man. Because that we you was using the Gordon Sully logo inside of the commercial. Yes, so. absolutely. Well, it's it's that thing. It's like you hear Gordon Sully call a match, and you hear the word souffle. For yeah. for fans who know it, you, there's no question where that comes from. Also, souffle would be the proper pronunciation. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's just if you know if you know how how words are read in France. That's just words, <laughs> you know. Um, which is weird because there's also a ballet move called the souffle. So the first time I went to a ballet and heard there was going to be a, like this awesome souffle in the show, I was like, cool. <laughs> Boy, was I disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so was cow dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. No, but um I I know some good announcers out there and of course like we said we had we had JR on our list. I I think he was, you know, three or four on there, uh just the way we did it. But um uh, other than that, you know, there there's <laughs> someone's getting fed something through an earpiece or you know, no one's original. They're trying to copy someone else and um, I just don't think on this particular list, um, and, and maybe I'm overlooking someone or under listening to, or whatever you want to say and not staying up on every little thing with, you know, going on in the world of professional wrestling today. Um, I just think at, from the announcer position, you just don't have anyone going to ever replace a Lance Russell or Gordon Soley, you no, know? Not, well, so. you know, those guys came from a time when they were like real journalists first, Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they learned the business, and they learned the right way to do it. And there was a reason that those guys had the careers they had. You know why they were so long lived in the industry, and they didn't have to have a headpiece where a ninety year old man is barking orders at you. <laughs> you know the whole time, and yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, all right, man. So that's our our announcers, and that doesn't change. We're gonna keep them the same. Um, I'm going to let you do regional heels because this is one of your favorites. And also because we haven't spoken about this gentleman uh, for quite a while, actually. No, as much as he came up early on, he we have not been talking about him a whole lot here lately. Um, but, you know, our regional heels, our number one was totally Blanchard. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I stand by that. Um, yeah. yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, we did, you know, our Hall of Fame, and in both of our Hall of Fames, we had Jake Roberts as a heel going in, uh, who was on that list. Uh, I don't know, seven or eight maybe. And 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 then we had Malenko last week in our, you know, last week's program was our, our second class of the 100% legitimate, you know, Hall of Fame as perceived uh, and believed by the Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze podcast. We had Malenko at number five. And uh, I still stand by Tully Ben. Now we're talking. This is our regional, um, yes. uh, you know, heels, and you can take that nationwide if you want, baby. Because you know, at Tully's nationwide, you know, back then, uh, Crockett Promotions, and you know, uh, he's right up there, uh, going to making all the towns and and doing everything. Uh, 
getting over the hill, you know, even when they went to New York as the brain busters and still Tully, man, just that, that, um, little cheating, you know, heel prick, man, you know, and oh, he yeah. was over and, uh, there are some good heels out there today, but uh, I don't know if they top a Tully or not. Well, and that's the thing. Like I, I've even heard people say that, that, that was the real Tully. You know? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, you when you watched Tully on TV back in the day, you came away hating the little bastard. You know, yes, um, he would barely squeak out a win in a match, and then he would talk like he had just won the Olympics with no yeah, nothing. yeah. You know. um, he was he was great. Uh, well, you know, to to a degree, he still is, even just in the management role that he's doing now. Yeah, um, and you know, uh, he did that a couple of big man moves, and he wasn't really a real big guy. He was in great shape, fantastic athlete, but he did that um, slingshot, slingshot suplex, and he was picking up guys and putting them across that top rope and executing that thing with beauty. And the same one, same thing with the hot shot, man. He just he was picking up some pretty big men out there, yeah, and um, uh, being dominant and doing so. And like you said, he hit his matches though come out you know bloody as hell or right at the end of it, and you like. Who won that match? And of course he did, but again, just barely. But he always hey, strutted around and made it sound like him. Hey, you know what? Like you said, whether he won the Olympics or an MMA fight or whatever it was, yeah. you know, he made it seem like you know. Sure, it was a battle, but but I won, you know, and I did it, you know. Well, and unlike and, uh, a lot of the guys now, he never made his opponents sound like wimps. No, you know? no. Uh, he built them up. Uh, he might put them down a little bit, but he built them up as a worthy opponent. Yeah. And um, that reminds me of a story uh, I, I, I told before. Um, you know, I, I talked about a good friend of mine that recently passed away. At, she and I used to hang out and do all of our stuff with. And she is one of the one of the girls back in the 80s that went to, before I got into business, was uh, she went to some of the, a lot of the shows with me. And we were out in Olive Garden one time after a show. And uh, here come Tolly, man, with one of the, uh, you know, either ladies of night or a ring rat. I don't know which. But um, I thought the girl I was with, I thought she's over here. Her, I think her panties are getting wet right now. <laughs> I think she was about ready to get up and join the horseman that day. <laughs> she didn't, uh, but she's the type of would have, and I probably would have said, Hey, good day, Mr. Blanchard. And as I said this before, uh, it's it's a, on on the YouTube channel. I said something like, "I, Jeremy, I'd probably just stand there and hold the guy's jacket and watch. I guess uh, you know, you want me to hold your horseman jacket for you, Tully? Uh, she's willing, and here she is. You know, um, but uh, it was a fun, fun person in my life and a fun, fun time. You know, but yeah, we just happened to see Tully out, and uh, he's coming in, and and I have to say, the girl I was with, I'm telling you, she was a dime piece. Uh, compared to what Tully had, uh, he was a little bit. Well, first of all, he's in a the market he's in, which was West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> um, he didn't have the best choice that night, I don't think, and um, that made me feel good, you know. But okay. um, she was still a good-looking woman. Don't get me wrong. Well, just saying. You know, um, and if you're, just I know to, who I went home with. Yeah, if you're just trying to put numbers on the board, I mean, I guess you do whatever you know. 
Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, they was just a nice cup what Olive Garden had in a meal. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. If you're just trying to rack up the amount of restaurants that you've eaten. At, yes. Yeah. Get your points, your your your, your Olive Garden points so you can get some free uh, uh, pastas. Uh, breadsticks, yeah. pastas, right. yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. No, Tully, Tully for sure, man. That's um, just great heel, man, uh, oh, regional yeah. and otherwise. And uh, we're going to keep him there, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I. You know. Like I said. I. I stand by it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Quibble on that one at all. I agree. Now our next one, Babyface. Um, we debated on this last week. <laughs> uh, for our, our Hall of Fame Babyface, of course, we we had Ricky Steamboat go in, and he's on our list. And we had um, Junkyard Dog go in last week, and he was on our list. And I, I said something about. Why didn't we put him higher? And I watched, rewatched the video from the podcast, and, and and I say it right in the first minute, minute and a half, how we how we done it that week because at that point, there's another one, uh, JYD, that we had been speaking about a lot on the program early on. But our regional babyface and the dude was over, and I think this cat still might be over, and uh, I might be seeing him soon. I don't know, but um, that's Tommy Rich. You know, oh yeah, uh, former NWA champion. He held that title for a week, and uh, I was talking to our good friend Tim from Wide Men Can't Jump, and uh, you know what? That's a week more than a lot of other people ever held that fucking title. That's all you know? I ever did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the yeah. NWA title, and um, Tommy and I used to go. Uh, we did a lot of independent shows together once Smokey shut down, but while I went Smokey, he was coming as a heel towards the end of it there, <clears throat> and he'd say, Bobby Blaze, you're trying to steal my heat. You know, you steal my gimmick and stuff like that, and uh, because of the fire and the flame, and, and I'd say, uh, you know, at that point, I didn't have the Smokey Mountain title war, but I had it for about eight weeks or something, and I said... Uh, I said I would always go seven more weeks than you, seven more weeks than you. <laughs> now, uh, granted, I know one of them's the NWA title that he held for a week, and I'm holding a Smoky Mountain title. But I, but I would do that across the gymnasium, and it was just kind of our inside thing. Is like you know, yeah. he said, "Bobby Blaze, you stealing my heat over there," and he might be coming or going to the dress room, come out there to babyface on gimmicks, and I say seven more weeks than you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it was just an ongoing, you know, little fun thing, and uh, man. That cat was over because he had the young. Uh, I think he was 24. They portrayed him as like maybe 21 when he won that title. I'm not sure exactly about that. Um, I know he always says this, and he always say, uh, man, Harley's good people. Harley's good people uh, for doing that for me. That's just kind of his answer, real, real modest answer about it, you know. And um, I don't think he pulled any special favors with Barnett or any of those type things. I think... <laughs> I really don't. I, was, I, I was don't think see, that. I was waiting to see which one of us would bring up that insinuation no, first. I'll let I'll let you finish that out. But I'm just saying I don't think he did. Um, I'm just saying the dude hit with good looks. Um, you know, well, on a national program that once that super uh, station exploded with Georgia Championship Wrestling, uh, man, Tommy Rich was just over like Rover, and every fucking teenage girl uh, and older wanted to be with Tommy Rich, you know. Well, they were working um, a whole, like, David Cassidy thing with him, you know. Yeah, there uh, you go. Yeah, where they were, you know, that was their matinee idol, you know. That yes, was, uh, even even though now you look at that haircut and you're like I've seen poodles with that haircut. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to work out some phrasing like he was personally fingered to be NWA champion by Jim Barnett. 
But oh, I couldn't, couldn't quite get there, so I figured I'd just throw, you know, just say, hey, I had a joke. I just couldn't make it work, so. Well, that's okay. And it's through the years, it's been insinuated, 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 but but nothing's ever been proven. Hey, and you know what? And um, that's the way it is. The, the same things out there about the Ultimate Warrior, so, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> the, the thing is, um, Harley had just as much say in that title as oh, yeah. anyone as the NWA board. Hardy Harley was the one that did the deal, you know, and ultimately, you know, he knew he was going to put it on him and he knew he was going to take it off of him. And he had the power to do it anytime he wanted to, if it had been booked the next night or even later on in the evening, if it had just been, a, you know, later in the show and come back. But that's not the way the business worked back then. And uh, Tommy Rich had that gimmick for a week and he was over. And I think it was the right thing to do. Uh, to make him a world champion, and um, and also I still think you know he's one of the greatest. Uh, even though we've had, like I said, our deep discussion, deep dive on Ricky Steamboat and JYD, man, uh, Tommy Rich one of the greatest baby faces of all time, man. Um, oh yeah, well you know, so. and this, this is kind of one of those things that shows our when we do our top ten lists, it they're really dependent on when we talked about it. Yeah. And what we've been talking about recently, because there's a lot of context that goes into these things. And, you know, over the last year, we've talked a lot more about Mid-South and JYD and this. And yes. Other. So now when I think, well, who was the biggest baby face? There's no question. I'm going to say JYD. A yeah. Year, a year from now, I might say different. You know, two years yeah. ago, three years ago, I was right there with Tommy Rich. I was like, yeah, absolutely. When he was hot. And there was nothing hotter. You know. Yeah. Once we started doing, you know, we'd done those deep dives. We'd done one into Mid-South and we picked a, um, a, a manager and we picked the, you know, the top heel, uh, top baby face and those type things. And we picked, you know, uh, we went through Memphis and we did the same thing through uh, uh, JCP and those type things. You know, we got a deeper um we educated ourselves and our fans helped educate us too by oh, yeah. sitting in, you Absolutely. know, Hey, here's some programs from mid South or here's a, an article that, you know, uh, some footage, uh, things like that. And you're like, Whoa, man, this cat was over, you know? Um, so yeah, our, our opinions can change over the years. And, uh, so, uh, Tommy Rich is as much as over on that national level, uh, uh, regional level at that point before, you know, the, uh, uh, Turner, you know, uh, Channel 17 or whatever, you know, TBS blew it up. Uh, man, you look at JYD's work and you're like, holy cow, like we did just last week, you know, like, and we had that thing, 10 reasons why we love JYD. It was out there. We had oh, reasons yeah. for him. Uh, we could do that for several more people and I'm sure we will in the future. But um, yeah, that's one right now that uh, even though Tommy's was listed, uh, we could go Ricky Steamboat, or as you say, you just took JYD. You know, there's there's been some other ones that's come up in our last, you know, uh, 36 months or so that uh, that that regional babyface could have changed, you know, changed hands in a week, one oh, week, you yeah. know. So it, it, it doesn't take much to move the move the needle on those. You know? Right, right. Where are we going to next? Um, let's see. Next here. Oh, let's talk about managers. Yeah, yeah. Now um, this. <laughs> This is actually one of my favorite one of my favorite ends to any bit we've ever done. Yes, um, I was hoping you bring it yeah. up. Thank you. Um, you know, there's there's the coconut which I loved, but this one yes. here because uh, we couldn't. Okay, so just just to pull back the curtain, we couldn't really decide who should go over on this one, Heenan or Cornette. You know, 
So we just said, fuck it. We're just going to play it out. You know, we'll yeah. see how the arguments go. Um, you know, I, I would still go with Heenan and Jim Cornette would go with Heenan. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we worked that really good um, because I knew deep down, you know, Cornette uh, and JJ and a few others had already said, you know, Heenan. And I knew that's the way you were going to go. And, you know, me being a Cornette guy, I said, I'm going to ride this to the last few seconds of this podcast, you know. Yeah. And and we, we had fun with it. The, the coconut was a big surprise. I had to sell the hell out of it because you got me out of nowhere. But this one here, we took it right down to the wire. And, um, you know, we obviously uh, Heenan went over on it. But it was, I got my last bit of like, you know, it's Cornette, it's Cornette, you know. <laughs> so uh, um, if you go by... And you look at all the people that um, were on that list. Uh, you know, I'm going to be see Jimmy Hart next week. Uh, you know, he was a great one to be on that list. Uh, uh, I, we we briefly did like you know the Grand Wizard and Captain Lou Albano and you know this and that. But one thing that emerged from this was even though we took it down to uh, Cornette and Heenan, um, I don't even know where this guy was on the list at, but it came back up. Uh, we both ended up reading a book about him, and we started having a deeper appreciation for Gary Hart, man. Gary Hart, with, uh, Gary Hart is a devil, and Gary Hart will cut a bitch, you know? Well, yeah. And I'm not saying he's passing Heenan right now, but he certainly moved up that list uh, to be right there behind Heenan and Cornette. Uh, no disrespect to JJ or anyone else that was on that list, but man, after we done that deep dive on on him, um, Gary Hart's up there, man. Well, there's the darkness. That, there's that thing that happens too. It's like if we haven't been talking about Texas much, Gary Hart's going to slip your mind a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when we start putting things into inner perspective and you, you know, you remind me about, well, just like that time we talked about where I'm like, Gary Hart's the devil. And you, yep. you know, you think <laughs> about that speech that Kevin Von Eric gave, you know, just turn right. back on him, walk away from him. You cannot say that Gary Hart does not deserve to be maybe top two, top three managers of all time, just because he was so good at getting heat, you know, for himself and his guys and yeah, and getting the baby faces over. Yeah, and, you know, I agree. Uh, there's that one I just saw that people have been posting clips of recently where he's talking about, you know, I just got back from Texas. And Texas is full of nothing but honky ass. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> And um, he's just he's just great, you know. Yeah, and you know we did that. We did we we did those regional deep dives. We did a deep dive into Texas wrestling, and we had to divide what that one out was so big. Uh, but we also, you know, we did the Von Ericks's. You know, we had to do the whole family as the you know baby faces, of course, for the obvious reason. But then all of a sudden we're like, well, who's the manager? And you know there was uh, Stan Arak Bar and this and that. We but but the main one was Gary Hart emerged, and we were like, man, let's look deeper into this cat. Yeah. It just so happened we had digital copies of the book, um, and uh, you know we just we we both had either reread it or re-listened to the audio of it. Um, we both did a little bit of each, I think, and. Man, it just made you appreciate how much this guy had given and done as a manager, and uh, also his creative mind of uh, of booking oh, behind yeah. the scenes work. Uh, you know, a little bit he had done in Florida and Georgia, and then the great work, he, the grander scale of everywhere he'd been in, in in Texas. There was so much there, you know. Yeah. Um, that, 
yeah, so I still stand by Heenan. I, I still, I'm still a cornet guy, but I think, uh, I think uh, since we started this, man, Hart has really moved up on my, you know, scale of, of managers to watch. You know, and uh, seeing clips of and 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 going back and watching. You know, it, it gave me a deeper appreciation, respect for his pure evilness and also genius. You know, so. Um, Gary well, Hart. Yeah, he, yeah, he's just he, he's great. I mean, I again, I, Heenan was just on a different level. You, yeah. you can't really compare other people to Heenan because, you know, Heenan would he'd bump like a motherfucker. You know, he'd let you wrap a belt around his neck and throw, yeah. out, throw him out of the ring. Oh uh, yeah, you know, he just he had a mind for it that nobody else really had. Yeah, uh, he could piss off a viewing audience with like two sentences. Yeah. You know, you well, he had been a wrestler. He could talk, yeah. like you said. You know, his, his body of work stood. It, it's just, and he went through a couple different decades there. He 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 emerged from you know the I don't know pimply ass little wimpy kid that as a young man and is you know eighteen nineteen years old wrestling to to you know to uh, out in Indianapolis to 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 Minnesota to the grandest scale of Ma to you know uh, WrestleManias you know yeah. and then being a voice uh, for both companies at one point, you know, uh, you know, jumping back and forth or whatever, you know, situation was, but man, that, that, that guy, he was, he was great. Uh, and as uh, the, the talent or we won't call it a stable cause that's where we keep our animals, but, uh, you know, family. he was family yeah. and family. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and um, you, you got to think about too, he could not only could he sit there and just trade quips and funny lines and jokes and this, that, and the other, he could also work as a mouthpiece for Nick Bockwinkle who did not need a mouthpiece, Yeah, you know? Right. And so Heenan could, Heenan could just do an arrogant asshole promo. Heenan could also do a sit there and just trade quips with gorilla all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, mm-hmm. I just, cause he must have that book somewhere of all these one liners and comebacks and he remembered it and threw it out the window and then just never forgot him. Oh yeah. You know, that, that has to, I mean, he has to have had some source for all that material. Cause I mean, yeah. Yeah. As, as you learn it, you would find new ways to phrase it or new ways to deliver it, but you've got to start with some joke. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. Um, well, real quickly here, let's just uh, drop this. Uh, before we jump to different categories, follow us on Twitter, folks. I'm at Bobby Blaze 744. Jeremy is at the Geekish Cast, and also you can follow the joint account uh, Bell to Bell Blaze on Twitter as well as on Facebook. And you can lend your two cents, man. We love the feedback. Now, Jeremy explained this last week. Uh, if you want the most interaction, probably hit me up on Twitter. But also, he's got that group on Facebook. Um, you know, hit him up over there, and 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 he relays messages to me. Um, I got a couple messages last week that he relayed to me uh, from a young person. I say young person only because there's a couple grades behind me, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a young person said, how did I not know you had a podcast? And I appreciate that message because it's someone that I knew and uh, meant, meant a lot to me. And I was like, oh, that's cool, man. Thanks, you know. But, uh, yeah, hit us up on Twitter and let you know, let us know who, who, who out there right now now is a better announcer or the better manager. Um, and again, I'm at Bobby Blaze 744. Jeremy's at the Geekish Cast, or again on Twitter or Facebook at Bell to Bell Blaze. So let us know. You know we're open to suggestions and comments. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, had oh, to get yeah. a drink. Had a cough there, yeah. Jeremy. Hey, Sorry check, about that. Check out our website at belltobellblaze.com. Yes, and we left that off last week's podcast because um, it wasn't because. It wasn't written up in our notes. We just got excited talking and 
we did this and did that. And uh, as someone said, they put us over on a review or maybe it's just a tweet or something. It's like, man, these cats are in here. Yeah, I'm going to plug my books. So I'll go ahead and warn you at some point during the show, I probably will. But last week we got off and we was like, the only thing we plugged were the books. We didn't talk about the website. We didn't talk about our Twitter links. We just got caught up in the show because we're not... We're not just here trying to sell you every fucking gimmick in the world, and we don't have a lot of commercials going. You know, we're appreciating the uh, the sponsorship we do have. You know, from Time Warp and and at one time, uh, the Wide Men Can't Jump uh, helped us out a couple of times. You know, we're appreciative of those things, but we're not shoving that stuff down your throat because we're trying to bring you a very um, here go hot tui entertaining podcast. Yeah, well, and so. it's not, we don't mind entertainment. It's sports entertainment where we have. Oh, yeah, problem. thank you. Yeah. That's what it is. I'm scratching my head as you said that. I knew you'd come up better phrased and wording than I did. Yeah, because. Um, uh, well, so, know, okay. Real quick here, I got to bring this up um, because we've talked about Gary Hart and Jimmy Hart um, and our, our recently departed friend, Nate. Um, yes. When we did our, our Gary Hart uh, episode within the next I week, knew you would work this in. Thank you. Within the next week, he texts us both, and he's got a, co- a physical copy of the Gary Hart book, which yes. is the wrestling equivalent to Indiana Jones finding the uh, the Lost Ark. There you go. Um, and I even told him at the time, and I think you were in the same message, where I was like, you're just showing off. You're just you're just yep. running in our faces at this yep. point. Um, yep. So he got that book. And then the other thing I was thinking about with Gary Hart was Nate was sending around a video clip of him and Gary Hart, or not Gary Hart, him and Jimmy Hart sitting in an Applebee's or something, and and Jimmy has to watch Raw. Yeah. And and you know Nate was just like he's like this guy never sits down. Uh, you know we walk in the room and he's already setting up chairs before anybody even can say hello to him. You know. Yeah. He, he was really you know Nate was Nate was such a fan of or however you want to phrase it but just jimmy hart's attitude and energy and just go get yeah. into this even what is he 114 now <laughs> i don't know and if i see it when i see him next week i'm not going to ask him no. and i because i'm not i want him to be able to come on here and say something nice jeremy you be kind to our guest next week when we start interviewing some of these guys but yes, um yes sir I was hoping, because um, I, I couldn't word it while the guys, like, Nate had that book, and I, when I was talking about us have digital copies, I, I, it just wasn't coming out. But also, I'm, I'm glad you did bring up Nate, because here's another thing, and it, this is not some uh, cheap plug. This, this is the truth, man. Uh, Jeremy and I become really good friends with Nate and Tim, and and through the podcasting, and, and I've had the pleasure of, you know, meeting Nate and having dinner with Nate and those type things. And... Um, the uh, I I don't think it's um, I think I'm not sure how it's going to come out or when it's going to come out. But Tim has taken the time to do another Wide Men Can't Jump, and uh, I know the professor's on there. I'm on there. And I don't know who else, but it's just all of us kind of giving uh, some of our best memories or stories. Because I don't know what you shared. You recorded a different segment that I did. I think we recorded them probably 12 hours difference. But I'm sure Tim will tie it up all nice and neat, and it's going to go out to the viewing audience or listening audience, and also to Nate's family as well. So his mom and sister. Um, I think that's probably the longest, Jeremy, that I didn't drop an f bomb. Um, I was really uh, struggling. Yeah, I struggled, <laughs> but uh, I think I said shit in there one time without even thinking. And um, the other night, I, I kept it pretty clean because I, you know, I know it was going to his mother and sister. And anyway, so look forward to that. 
out there and uh if you're a fan of the uh belt to bell podcast of course but if you're a fan of the wide man can't jump or if you knew nate or was a fan of his a uh, friend of his uh be looking forward to that coming out um uh, real soon i don't know how soon but i know tim says it's gonna be up soon yeah. uh that we got to got to take the time to honor one of our friends that just recently passed away you know yeah so, i saw um, asw is doing a um a memorial cup tournament for in nate's name yeah i talked to Tim, yesterday, is that coming up in December? I think it's December, yeah. Okay. Um, here's another little plug. I know after November 6th show here in Ashland, the uh, Big Guild, the Bluegrass Con, I know there's a show at ASW up in Madison, West Virginia. Uh, give Gary and them guys a, a they, they have a good product up there. I'm sure they'll do a 10 bell salute for, for uh, Nate then. But yeah, I think Tim mentioned it that they're going to do a memorial show in December for Nate. And, um, um, you know, that's just not too far from me. And maybe I can uh, be a part of that in some way, uh, at least go up there and, you know, make an appearance and, and honor our friend that we've, you know, yeah. lost at such a young age too. So, but we won't bring the show down any, because nope. um, Tim wouldn't, or shit, uh, Nate wouldn't want it that, man. He nope. he would want, like you was talking about, Jim, Jimmy uh, uh, Hart Energy. We're going to get right back to that Jimmy Hart Energy, man, because we got another half the list to go through, and that's one going to be Greatest Rivalries. And who's that, Jeremy? Oh, the Greatest Rivalries. We had the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express. Ooh, um, yeah. That's, that's a hot rivalry. I mean, it still kind of holds today, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Jim Cornette, just a handful of years ago, did a last tag team where he handed off the Smoky Mountain title to the Rock and Roll one last time. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure if if he could have put a team together that would have been a, a tribute to the Midnight Express, he would have. Yeah. 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 Um, that, that's a rivalry. It's just, uh, you know, we, we, we had 10 of them. And, you know, of course, we mentioned earlier to Von Erichs. One of ours was, you know, Von Erichs and the Freebirds, of course. And that's one you said that's expanded like 30, 40 years now or whatever. Oh, yeah. uh, the same kind of holds true for Midnight and Rock and Roll, man. You know, them guys were, uh, that was just one of the greatest rivalries of all time, man. Um, you, you you had the, 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 the two heels with the heel prick manager out there, sneaky, conniving, rich boy, you know, mama's boy and all that against this, you know, this young team of the, the rock and roll. And hell, they're still out there doing it. The world oldest teenagers, Ricky and Robert, yeah. um, you know, and the one, you know, Ricky just out there selling his ass off, getting it beat, you know, and um, the other one out there. And, and uh, what an easy catchphrase, you know, rock and roll, rock and roll. And easy Robert, you know, out there, the yeah. easy chant, yeah, just stomping the boot, pumping his hand. Boom, bit a boom, bit a boom, and once that tag's made, and then it's just you know uh, chaos ensures. It's everywhere, and then the hot finish, however it was, you know, it's just um, uh, just a really it's a that robbery there will be you know um, like we like I said we done ten. Go back out there on YouTube and look them up. Um, this was our number one, and I'm kind of standing by it. I don't know any other robbery right now uh, in the last few years that's lasted or has been. Uh, uh, as hot as that rivalry was between those two. Yeah, I mean, I, I would go either them or the Freebirds Von Erics. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think we had a Fantastics match on there. Yeah. Um, there was some other rivalries, and they all they all weren't tag teams, but I think we had. Um, I think we had. I know Rock and Roll and Midnight was number one. And I think uh, number two was the uh, Freebirds Von Erics. Seemed like we had. Uh, uh, was it? Uh, 
maybe Dusty and Tully or Dusty and I was going to say Dusty someone. and Tully or Dusty and Flair, maybe. Yeah, it, actually, I think we we decided it was going to be Dusty and Flair. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, uh, when we we done, I didn't go through all ten of them when I went back and reviewed this uh, over the week uh, over the weekend. But yeah, that's what it was. Um, we had some really good rivalries on there. Um, and again, it's tinyurl.com slash video, or if you just go on YouTube and type in, I think it's Bell to Bell Blaze uh, podcast. Um, there's some, uh, shoot, I don't know how many videos are out there, but they're, the way Tex had them, there's a playlist, and there's some random here and there, but I think this one uh, is actually listed just under um, Greatest Rivalries, and he put up several of them, you know. Yeah. And uh, that still stands for number one for me uh, as we review this. Um, let's go on to another one, and that was the uh, the greatest badasses. Now, uh, we didn't argue about this. No one disputed us on this. Uh, but someone has taken it down, and that was Ming. Yes. We had Ming, and he was closing in on close to 200,000 views uh, on that YouTube channel because we listed him as number one. Uh, we just listed into our Hall of Fame as a wrestler um, was Carl Gotch. And uh, we, we talked about him extensively last week during that segment of, you know, the wrestler part. Um, his is still up. Um, Paul Orndorff is <laughs> 200 some odd thousand views. He, he, he was oh, number eight on there. Yeah. Um, Harley's on there is number three. If that tells you what kind of list this was, um, Anyway, uh, you can go in there and see how many views that 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 badass legit badass list. That's where out of our two million views, uh, you know, a shitload of them cut them out of that segment right there. I'll just say that. But I'll say this: I don't think um, anyone has um, come along or down the pipe, however you want to say it, off the mountain or anywhere as tough as Ming. I'm, I'm going to stand by him still today, even though there's a lot of tough MMA guys out there and uh, some young up-and-comers that are, you know, legit badasses. But, uh, you know, I'm going to keep Ming up there. Just just kind of look over my shoulder, you know, because he, he, he was a sweetheart of a guy, man. And um, I had the pleasure of meeting him and being around him. Uh, another one was on the list was Barbarian, who I just got to see back in uh, either August or September. Uh, got to go by and say hello to him down at the Time Warp and what a great guy he is, but also a tough guy. You know, you're glad you're on the good side of him. But has anyone come to your mind that, that could pass uh, or even make our top 10 or be pass Ming? Well, I mean, there's going to be, you know, the handful of guys that were actual legit hookers, you know, your guys, yeah. Billy Robinson, you know. But, I mean, just as far as, like, you hear stories about, like, 10 guys who walked into a bar looking for fucking trouble and Ming had to beat all their asses and pop <laughs> teeth out of their head, and, you know. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know, and then he stood up from the table and got mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't yeah. hear those stories about anybody else. I mean, maybe, you know, like Rick Rude. But see, Rick Rude was a prick about it. Rick Rude would send like his hot girlfriend yeah. to the bar to you know get picked up on by a dude, and then he'd come in and fuck fuck him up. Yeah. Um, but Rick Rude was a guy. I mean, he could open hand slap a grown man and knock him to the ground. He was like a oh yeah, bear, yeah. you know. Yeah, he was a legit tough guy too. But yeah, I don't. As far as just someone though not looking for trouble and also knows that when you're in a ring with him, you know he could legitimately just basically rip your head off and shit down your neck if he wanted to. But he luckily come to work today and be a professional, you know. And like you said at the club, you know, bite a man's nose off or whatever. Um, you know, different mentality. I just was uh, watching. Uh, uh, 
a thing with Ken Shamrock, and it was talking about he had that mentality, you know, uh, 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 he could hurt people, legit, you know. Yeah. But he, but in the ring, he had to prove himself that, you know, I'm here to do business, and that's one of the reasons he got over in New York or WWE or after time, whatever. You know, he showed him he was there to do business, not hurt people, you know. Um, and that that's uh, a special skill to do, to be able to do both, but also um, – some of those guys don't have any filters when it comes to a fight. And Ming was one of those guys that just, you know, uh, there's no filters. It's a, you're going, you're going to fight. Well, we're going to fight, um, into the death, you know, not just for competition. You catch him out of the ring. It's your ass. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, that was, that was, uh, we, and I can't mention that list without mentioning Gene LaBelle. We always have a good lead Gene oh, yeah. LaBelle, you know, story here or there. We saw him somewhere. And what's funny was the last time we did this, it come to mind. And I had sometimes during lunch, I watched that uh, Pluto TV and they go back and there's one channel that does Daniel Tosh and one channel does this and that. You know how it all is. But there's one that does the uh, Reno 911, and uh, yep. uh, and there's uh, there's G LaBelle on there, and I'm like, holy shit, he's he's been on like the monsters and the monkeys, and all the way, you know, to to stunt movies, to to being a uh, the referee at the Ali Inoki uh, fight, and, and here he is. <laughs> Lorena, and I know it's been, I think it showed like 2005 or six, I don't even know what it was, baby. There's Gene LaBelle on Reno 911. You know, like, what the hell? That guy's been in a lot of stuff, man. Oh, and of yeah. course, he had that book about, you know, uh, using wrestling holds in real fights and stuff. Uh, uh, it's like, it wasn't Hooker because that was. Uh, that was uh, Thez's uh, book, but um, it was it was, uh, it was shoot like, wrestling holes or something. Yeah, pro wrestling finishing holds. Yes, yeah, yes, you're correct. Pro wrestling finishing holds. That's what it was. I had a yeah. copy of it in junior high. I liked that book quite a bit. Um, I did too. A student of mine had given it to me at one time, and somewhere during the moves and the ups and the downs and this and that, because this was always oh, been a good twenty years ago um that's one of the few books that got out of my hand i loaned it to someone or it was in the wrong bin when i moved or something but i really enjoyed that book um, i'm pretty sure it's probably still available and remember who was in it with them mondo yeah. was the uh, one uh, mondo. mondo guerrero was the one that was the one getting the shit beat out of him <laughs> you know so um yeah that was, a, that was a pretty good book man um had everything from finger cranks to eye rakes to eye pokes to gouging the guy's eye completely out of his head to, oh, uh, you know. <laughs> it had the wrist lock come along. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yep. it had a lot of really cool shit in there. You know yeah. what I thought was funny, and I, I hadn't even really considered this till like recently when we were talking about him, or last year when we were talking about him. It shows Gene LaBelle with Mondo in the gory Siamese twin yeah, I didn't know when I read that book. I didn't know who the fuck Gory Guerrero was. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, so it, it missed me completely that he's got he's got poor old Mondo up there and one of his dad's really fucking vicious full body locks. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's good, man. That's good. But we better move on, man. We better move on. Let's get to oh man, I hate to even bring this up. Whew. Biggest crushes. Whew. Man, oh, so many, so, so many. many, so many. On our list, we had Tammy uh, Fitch up there. That video has also been taken down. Um, but also, you know, we got to realize back in the day, and we when we shot this, uh, or recorded this back in the day, 
um, you know, she went out, her picture did, and it broke the internet. She's one of the first people to break the internet, you know. Yeah. Uh, most downloads on America Online back when, you know, that was a thing. So, you know, there's no doubt she was hot, and we had her on that list. Um, you know, a lot of things happened to her personally and professionally, and um, for whatever reason, the video's down, and I'm not basing it just because the video's down, but what I'm going to say by default, uh, we'll go ahead and move number two up to our number one, and then we have a little debate coming up, but I know I won't get an argument out of this, Jeremy, from you, mm-hmm. and that is Missy Hyatt gets to move up a space. What do you I, think? I am pretty <laughs> sure my first time viewing Missy Hyatt actually caused me to go through puberty. Okay. Um, I, in, in my younger days, I I was all about Missy Hyatt. Uh, there you she, go. She was something else. But, you know, I, I got to give it to Tammy as well. Uh, in her time, man, there was nobody hotter than her. Right. You know, there. I mean, there just wasn't. Missy was kind of the same way when Missy was on her on her A game. There was nobody like Missy Hyatt out there. Right. Um, right. You know, and and as far as like yeah, Tammy. Oh, people. You know, oh, she looks like shit. Blah blah blah. Okay. Well, the only person who's aged well is Elizabeth Hurley. So you know. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, the um, the uh, excuse me. Thing about Missy is. Uh, um, she was very, very beautiful lady, and she did her job, you know, very mm-hmm. professionally in the ring when, you know, she when she did announcing or play-by-play or whatever. She was, she was really polished about that and very professional about that as well. Um, but since then, there have been a couple ladies, uh, and we're just going to go to the short list right away. There's been a lot of beautiful ladies on yeah. the up-and-coming of the, um, you know, I know a couple personally right now that are coming up, and I'm thinking, oh, this this person is going to be good, and this person, you know, has the the quote it factor, you know, and a couple of them we've been following uh, just for the uh, again a lot of beautiful ladies out there. Uh, we're doing this as very as respectful as we can, and but one that come on our radar a couple years ago, we started watching the NWA, and that was Thunder Rosa. She just has been a just up and coming, boom, you know, oh, yeah. she was, uh, doing the NWA and she was taking that, that, uh, her MMA fight and she just started gaining publicity, um, you know, get out there mission pro and really just getting herself over during the pandemic, you know, doing things. And then also, uh, Britt Baker, the same thing. These two ladies have just come uh, on the scene, up and comers, and now they're from when we first started recognizing. Like uh, this, this person has you know potential star power, the it factor. They have it, man. They're they're that's just two of them. We're just going to the short list. I know we're probably jumping over some other women out there. Also, you know, I just saw we're out of the top, the PWI top 150 women. Thunder Rosa come in fifth. And uh, there's no doubt she'll be number one in the next year or two. Um, that's just my opinion, you know. Did, did um, you know? Did you mark who came in number one on that? Um, I listened to the first all top five, but can okay. you just refresh my memory, or do you know who it was? No, I'm, I, I, I'm I, just wondering who the hell would have beat Thunder Rosa. I mean, you yeah, know. no, there was a couple, um, and I and I honestly I should have looked it up. I I, I heard. I heard the countdown. Uh, the Blanca. I, I don't know. Um, there was, there was, I heard someone going over the list, Jeremy, but I just, okay. uh, I don't follow their career enough to tell you well, their probably, names because I screw it up. I'm guessing it's probably some of the big stars at the WWE then. Um, I think WWE only had one in the top uh, five, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong because I, I just don't have the list in front of me and I don't know. But, um, but also, is 
are we also leaving out anyone where we just kind of did this short list to Thunder Rosa and, and, and Britt Baker or there, uh, do we, you know, I'm sure there's, um, you know, here's the you thing. Know. There are so many. So the thing with women's wrestling right now is, yeah, I mean, a lot of it still looks based, but there are so many great wrestlers who are just women wrestlers who are just, you know, kind of just now starting to come up. Like I, I think Chelsea green is, is something. Oh, she's beautiful. Yeah. I guess they had her up here. They had the ASW too. And they was taught what a beautiful person she is as well. Yeah. You know, just, uh, um, she's got uh, an interesting character. I, I think she could really develop into, into an interesting, you know, an interesting star someday. Um, you know, and like Britt Baker until they figured out to put her as a heel. She was kind of yeah. you know, whatever, and then one day they made her a heel, and holy shit, the roof blew off the place, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Thunder Rosa. I mean, Thunder Rosa's the double threat. She's legit as fuck, and she also looks good in a bikini. You know? Okay, here's uh, Blanca Blair. I knew I'd mess it up. So, Bianca, I was mumbling that. Bianca Blair, I guess WWE. Uh, a girl from stardom, uh, Utama. Uh, Haya Shakam Shakahata. I could pronounce that wrong. Okay. Uh, the girl from Impact, uh, Diona Perrazzo. Okay. Uh, Britt Baker, and then Thunder Rosa. After that is um, Sasha Banks. Um, so yeah, the WWE had one, you know, in the top five, like, like I said, uh, and I know I've, I butchered those names. I'm terrible at names also, um, man, my uh, glasses are fogging up, uh, behind, I was telling Jeremy earlier, I got a kind of a little bit of cyst in one of my eyes, a little star or whatever. It kind of makes it by reading it happens from time to time. But, um, yeah, my glasses are fogging up just reading this, Jeremy. Yeah. So it's Blanca, uh, Hatami, uh, Diona. Brit and then um, Thunder Rosa. Then it looks like uh, Sasha Banks is number seven. Another one from Stardom, uh, Sayura, S Y U R I, um, from NXT is Lo Shahara, I guess. Uh, another one from Stardom, uh, Tam uh, Nakano. And another one from NXT is Rachel Gonzalez. Um, I tell you, there's a girl that. Um, that Tay Conday or something. Yeah. Real pretty little girl from AEW. She's, she's pretty too, but I'm just talking about these up and comers that, that we kind of have been following. Like you said, once they turn uh Britt Baker here, he heel that just took off. And also, like I said, we had been watching Thunder Rosa early on and like, man, this girl's got it, you know, and you see this up and comer, you just kind of start following her career. And some of our fans did, and she just kind of busted out of it, you know, like, uh, they can move up on that list and be in our top 10. Um, and here we are, if whatever, this would be a PWI official. And, and we've nailed, uh, excuse me, let me refresh. We have named two of the top five names coming in, four and four, fourth and fifth, respectfully, that we would have had on our top 10 list if we'd done one today. And that program was done in really good taste. We did it as crushes. It was um, Be My Valentine special, yep. and we were very respectful with each woman on that list. Um, just for anyone out there looking for dirt or start shit, we um, we did it very professionally, and uh, I don't think we've done anything but uh, 
put all the ladies. I think we mentioned, excuse me, I think we mentioned 17 of them is when we, we you know, were a total of the women we had. If we wishing them a happy Valentine's Day or our secret crushes as revealed or whatever, we've done it very tastefully. Yeah. And, I, and I'm proud of that, you know. And hopefully I didn't butcher this too much that I kept it tastefully too because the last thing I'd want to do is disrespect someone that I have a lot of personal and professional respect for uh, being Britt Baker as well as, and I can't wait to meet or see her work live as Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Um, I really want to see her work live um, one day, and I think I'll get that chance too. I just I don't know when, but I hope to be on a show where I get to see her work live, man. Yeah, um, and you know the thing is, like we're, you know, we're kind of dancing around the topic a little bit. Yeah, look, um, we're guys. We're, yeah. Kind of boring on dirty old men a little bit, but uh, we we like looking at attractive women. Now I I will tell you that up and coming we will see some less attractive women who are fucking stellar technicians. That's what's going to come next. Yeah, and I'll, Bobby, it's you know you and I probably appreciate technical wrestling as much as anybody. Yeah, and when when those those levels of stars start to hit. We're going to be as big of fans of them as we are the hot chicks who can wrestle, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, all right, well, let's get a book plug in here, then we'll close out our couple last two categories. How's all that? All right, good, because I got cow dog climbing on me like a monkey. All around. right. All right. Well, just uh, just so you know, uh, this show doesn't, it's like our um, got a continental and it don't float on air, baby. It takes gasoline. <laughs> um, the show gets a little bit of kickback. When I say little, it is a little. But we do appreciate anything we get back, sponsorship-wise or otherwise, from this. And one of the ways we do that is through the sales of my books. And the professor here has set up an easy, easy way to get to my books to where the podcast does get a kickback. Um, both books are available on Amazon, but all you have to do is do this. If you'd like to get a copy of Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boost Will Travel, just go to tinyurl.com slash blazebook1. It'll take you right to the site. That was my very first book. My second book is called I Kicked Out on Two, The Education of a Wrestler. If you'd like to get a copy of that book, all you have to do is go to tinyrl.com slash blazebook2. Either one of those uh, links I just now gave you, tinyrl.com slash blazebook1, tinyrl.com slash blazebook2 will take you to Pin Me, Pay Me, or The Education of a Wrestler. And... Uh, Christmas is coming up. The holidays are coming up. Go ahead and order your copy, and uh, I appreciate it very much. The affiliate count gets a little bit of money put into it. Um, I get a little bit of kickback, and we all go home with a smile on our face, hopefully, okay? Right. So with that said, let's move on to the last two categories. And the next one is uh, Mask Wrestlers. And go from there, Jeremy. Well, we had the Destroyer on there. Um. <clears throat> You know, mass wrestlers. You know, for for the American audience, I don't know that I don't know that there's any that are still out there that are. You know, who's who, who's out there? Who, who else would we consider? No, I, I don't know. I looked at that and I was like, uh, you know, we could talk about probably a lot more people from Japan or especially Mexico. Mexico yeah, you know, um, that that we're going to probably miss um, off our list. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, we. I've watched footage where I'm watching the um, 
the old Continental and the old USA, and those were on uh, Southeastern. We rewind where our good friend get ready have a shot, Ron Fuller Welch, uh, his page. Um, I'm getting to see a lot of the bullet. You know, he yeah. had a mask on. He made our list. You know, uh, Dusty coming back as a midnight rider, uh, Stagger Lee, and those type things, gimmicks and stuff. Giant but really, you know. Yeah, there you go. Um, But yeah, the destroyer kind of just, that was our, um, you know, my go-to is, and and, uh, I've got some pictures. Uh, Please, you know who you are that keeps sending them every once in a while. About two or three guys send me a picture when they find it. And that is um, some Debbie Harry pictures of uh, <laughs> she's wearing the I think she's wearing a pair of panties or a, a very very tight pair of pants. But she's on stage like in L.A. or wherever, and she's got on the uh, at the forum, and she's got like a Doctor X T-shirt, man. And that's like uh, back in like seventy nine, eighty ish, maybe like punk rock, you know, punk concert or new wave. What are you? You want to call it, man, but like, hey, when you when you're over, you're over. You know what I'm saying? And here she is out there, you know, uh, pop culturally, mm-hmm. just boom. Here's a pop rock star with one of the biggest mass wrestling stars of all time on her. You know, has the Doctor X T-shirt on, man. That's just uh, the Destroyer T-shirt. Yeah, Doctor X, I think. Actually, a Doctor X. I was saying one and the same. Getting confused there talking about Debbie Harry. Well, but uh, anyway, Debbie Harry. Yes. Debbie Harry is a f- <laughs> easy. To get flustered when you're thinking about her yeah yeah uh did you know first off that blondie is the first band that charted a rap song as a single yes that is uh, a rapture weird, yeah that is always like a weird little piece of information for me yeah also, me too yeah also speaking of mass you know this is halloween and one of the greatest horror movies of all time was halloween and did you know that in the second halloween movie uh, michael myers was played by a guy named dick warlock I think the name Dick Warlock is so cool that when I have auditioned for smut books for voiceover work, do you want to know what my nom de plume is? (laughs) Dick Warlock. There you go. Oh man! Well, I didn't know that because I know you're the horror freak and, and and love that stuff. The only reason I knew the one about Rapture because um, that's on my YouTube playlist. Every once in a while, when it does it, it'll say a little thing like a pop up bubble yeah. will come on one one of the one of the versions, and it does have that about the uh, the first rap song. And I'm thinking, I know there was other songs, you know, before that, but still, that's that's just you know. Um, but yeah, I didn't mean to get tongue tied there. But yeah, she has the actual Doctor X uh, T-shirt on again. The Destroyer, not to expose the man behind the curtain, but but you know where I was going with that. Yes, I do. Um, and it's and it is easy to get flustered, like you said. But uh, so I want to hear more about this smut. Uh, <laughs> d- what is it you do? Some smut voiceover work for uh, uh, as Dick. What is it? Dick Warlock. Yes, that is my Dick, War- Dick Warlock. Yeah. Um, so I've only I've only auditioned for like two of them, and I lost out on the, at the end because I guess I still read just a little bit too fast for, okay. for smut books because you know they're short books, so they want to stretch them. And also what they're hoping to sell to are uh, women and gay men. So they want to, you know, pull out the the deep voice and the this, that, and the other. Um, But I also, like, if I start getting paid for that kind of work, I don't want my name, like, thrown around. (laughs) So I was like, well, what would be a great name to do smut books under? And Dick Warlock is, like, the best one. (laughs) I I remember I'd seen that name years ago, and I was like, that? I there's some use for that name somewhere, or joke or something I could do. With there you it. go. And then when I was like, oh, wait a minute, I could use an alias for voiceover work. 
Dick Warlock. Man. All right, Bell to Bell fans. You learn something new every week if you listen to this program because I had no idea where that was coming from. Well, Dick, <laughs> let's go on to the last one here. And I'm going to just uh, preface it that I'm the one that's responsible for this. And it was best mullet. It was back when we were having the storms and we were out power. And uh, Professor and I couldn't get on the right time to record. Um, and I had to record and uh, borrow some Wi-Fi from uh, one of the local establishments here. And I had this... Uh, the I put them in, there's 12 people. I put them into like a tournament type situation, brackets, and um, and I take full responsibility for this because I, I I did it, and I, I had like greatest mollusks, and I put like Brad Armstrong, Bobby Eaton, and I tried to match them all up. And after I came out with it, uh, Ricky Morton was the winner. And, of course, I had some add-ons. I put Mr. Perfect. I threw myself in there at one time, blah, blah, blah. But here's what happened was this. Not only did a professor, professor and several of our listeners hit me up on Bobby Blaze 744, and rightfully so, and I and I, I think I stand corrected uh, in saying that I'm I'm going to go back and say the person that I don't even think he finished in the top four or five, and is a personal favorite of yours is Mike Awesome. I'm going back thinking he may have had the most awesome mullet of all time. Yeah. So my opinion may have changed. That was just earlier earlier this year in either January or February when I actually, it might be February, that I did that list. Um, so go ahead, lay it on me, Professor. Tell well, me why you was right. You know, well, it's just like, look at Mike Awesome's mullet. I mean, that thing was, you, you figure he was like close to seven feet tall. That means that <laughs> he had three foot of mullet on the back of his head. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 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 But, you know, it here's the thing. We may have to redo the mullet. First off, because you had to do that episode alone, so I didn't right. chime in on it. Secondly, yeah. because when you did that, none of us had heard of Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah, there you go. And we, we kind of talked about that off the air. I, I think that is something we really need to visit, revisit, and make it a top 10 mullets. And uh, without giving anything away, we may have just given number one away with Mike Awesome. I don't know. Because, uh, man, once we started talking a little bit more about him and I started seeing more and more footage pop up and um, little gifts and stuff, and I was like, oh, man, that fucking... You know, um, I'm glad I did the pro. That was what happened. Jeremy had to cover for me once, and then I had to do a couple on my own. Uh, but the thing is, we we haven't missed for over a year and a half now, and um, we just kept the train rolling, baby. You know, all night long, and um, that's what was coming up. And I just ran with it on my own. And um, you know, uh, Ricky's a great choice, but I'm looking like, woo, all this heat coming in. Uh, you know. Big Mike, awesome! That's that was a that was a hell of a mullet. I might have missed the missed the number one on that one, and we didn't have a two to zero vote on that one. Uh, had that come up at the time we done it together, it might have been a one to one vote, and uh, we might have had a draw for number. We never had a draw before, yeah, you know. Yeah. Might have thrown a free bird rule we haven't used before, you know. Oh, we haven't used a um, rule. I don't. That's where a where a Brian Pillman Jr. might come in, yeah. you know. Um, so anyway. Uh, uh, this is kind of closing out our show, Professor. Um, this was our uh, let me let me try to word this correctly here. This was our top ten, top tens, number ones, and uh, I've had fun with this revisiting some oh, of these yeah. number ones, man. No, it's it's always kind of fun to go back and re recheck some of this stuff. Um, <clears throat> um, I was going to say, you know, and there's so much of it's like contextualized to the moment we did the show. 
Like, I think we could do another top 10 reasons we love Dusty Roads and probably have 10 whole new things to talk about, you know? Oh, absolutely. And there were several episodes as we were, you know, winding down as we are right now, we'd say, now, this is something we may re- revisit in a year or so, you know, um, a different topic, you know, greatest tag team matches or or whatever it was. Like you said, 10 reasons we love Dusty, whatever it was. We There were several topics we thought about, you know, oh, this would be a great revisit sometime. Um, so that, that, that's something to keep in mind, too. I do know, uh, as far as I know, I should say, we're still going to do a year end uh, sometime before this year ends. So that's one of our programs coming up in the next couple months as we move into November here. Uh, next week's show is I'm going to do a recap of, um, as far as I know, unless something changes, I'll be doing a recap of what takes place on November 6th. So I'll give you some feedback on that um, as to, you know, who I met, who I had to talk to, how it went, blah, blah, blah. I know I'm sure it'll be just fine. But also what I'm planning on doing is being there at the event and having time to pull a couple people to the side, uh, and, and we'll have a podcast, and I'm going to turn it over to the professor and let him interview, and hopefully interview, I should say let him, hopefully they'll interview, take some time, five, ten minutes at a time. Some of the stars that I mentioned earlier from Miss Bluegrass Con will be able to um, to speak to the professor. He'll record that, and that way we can turn that around, give him enough time to edit it, et cetera, produce it, everything he needs to do. That the following week's show, we should have several of these superstars um, put together for one of our podcasts. And um, anyway, that's our plan, right? That is that is the plan. Okay. We are working on it now. Good um, deal. You know, Good we'll, deal. We'll, we'll go over some of the details this week, you know, off air, yeah. obviously, making sure we got it all locked down. Right. Um, but yeah, that is the plan. November 6th should be an interesting time. If you are in that area, please stop by. I'm sure Bobby would love to see you. Um, you know, but other than that, there's so like a great number of guests. I don't know who's all got tables there, but hearing that you've got people who are bringing in their own talent to their tables makes me think that some of the guys with tables must, there must be something cool going on there too. Yeah. 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 Um, well, with all that being said, we should probably wrap up for this week. Well, Dick Warlock, I think you should wrap up just to be uh, safe. (laughs) I'm trying to think, is there anything I was going to bring up? Oh, real quick here. I did see last night or earlier this weekend, and I forgot to mention it. Ricky Morton and his son have picked up the tag titles in some independent promotion together. Okay. So Ricky Morton is apparently cheating on Hoot, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> now, I know they had been on a cruise together. They was on that Jericho cruise. Mm-hmm. And also, I knew they had a uh, couple matches. I saw something that Kerry posted uh, on, on Twitter the other day. Yeah. And he's a fine up-and-coming star, man. Let me tell you, I've, as a, a very... Uh, uh, he's a gentleman and a professional as well. He's been, and he, you know, good, good lineage there with his father, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good for them. That, yeah. That's pretty awesome. He should be a selling machine if he's anything like his dad. <laughs> there you go. There you go, man. He, yeah, he'd be, he, he'll be one of the best sellers in the world if he's even half as good as his dad. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Um, all so. right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Everybody, go yep. check out our Twitters, our websites, our podcasts. If uh, you know anybody who's into pro wrestling and isn't listening, get them to listen. Uh, I think uh, if they don't enjoy it, I'll give them double their money back. Um, and for that, for the late Tex Johnson, myself, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, for this noisy ass dog, cow dog, uh, Dick Warlock, and Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B Bobby Blaze. <laughs> 
Happy Halloween, everybody.